0: hello everyone we're back again after a little break I have moved into my apartment so I'm really excited about that
1: I saw the pictures it's wonderful
0: so cute thanks I love it like it's so quiet here and uh both of their bedrooms have like a huge walk-in closet so in the spare bedroom that we're using as an office I have turned the closet into a craft closet and Ryan doesn't get to go in there.
1: (laughs) He's banned.
0: He's banned. Like, don't even look in there because you're going to be like, where did we get all this stuff? And I'm going to have to be like, we've had it. Don't worry. (laughs) These are not the droids you're looking for. (laughs) What are you talking about? I don't know where that uh, Hobby Lobby bag came from. (laughs) So that's why I got this job. It's only like two nights a week, but it's overnights. Mm-hmm. And uh, I purely got it so I could fund my crafting problem. Congratulations, too, by the way. Thank you. I you have interviewed- all the exciting news
1: this week.
0: Yeah, well, I interviewed for it in March. And they're like, we really want you. And they offered me the job. And I was like, yeah, sure, I'm really excited. And then she texted me and she's like, so hotels are shutting down. And I'm like, OK, yeah she's like so we can't hire you right now and I'm like dang it (laughs) so just uh on Saturday she's like hey if you're still interested we'd love to get you started this week and to uh get you in here to do paperwork and I'm like it's July so it's only been like four months but yeah I know I'm still interested I'll be there (laughs) (laughs) do you have anything excited going on I feel like I've just been talking about me
1: Uh, no. I'm not working anymore. I guess one of my co-workers has either had it or somebody else in the building has had it. And it's been confirmed and they've tested positive. So everybody right now is like staying home, staying away from things. And I don't know if this is happening to you, but I cannot sleep anymore unless it's like two in the morning to like eight in the morning <laughs> and that's it same no. I am losing my
0: mind I don't know you <laughs> ever since this whole like quarantine and coronavirus started I've been having like really vivid dreams too like almost every night I don't know why
1: yeah but I didn't if- tell anybody this but I had a really bad dream the other night that uh dad died dad died yep and I'm also coincidentally listening to it on Audible, oh. <laughs> and so we. Were I wonder if that's related. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> Talking about it, and his ghost popped up and was just sitting with us in the room, and then he was tapping his foot like he was impatient. His ghost was. He's
0: he's dead. He's got all of eternity to tell you what he needs to.
1: But then his foot turned into a clown shoe. Oh, Dad. <laughs> And then the rest of his body turned into a clown. Um, And then he changed back later. It was really weird. (laughs) But I woke up crying when I touched him and he was cold. (laughs) Oh,
0: no. Uh, Dad, we're trying to tell you you're a clown, I guess. I'm sorry. I don't know what it means. Poor dad. Like, we give him a lot of shit on this podcast. He's got to call the ambulance and now he's a clown.
1: I'm not giving him any shit. I'm not.
0: I did have a dream the other night, which is why I had to clarify that you had a dream dad died. I had a dream that, like, all of our family in uh, in where they live, so mom, dad, and our two siblings, I had a dream mm-hmm. that there was a house fire and they all died. And then yeah. you and I had to, like, go in there and try to figure out how to pick up our pieces, pick up the pieces and, uh like, move on and stuff. Oh, no. And then, like, we couldn't agree and we just got into a fight. We never talked again. And I woke up like in tears. And I was like, oh, my God. And Ryan's like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Oh, no. Are you okay? And I'm like, no, I'm fine. Don't worry about it. (laughs) (laughs) So that's why I was like, hold on a second. This is a bad sign. So, (laughs) Dad, what we're trying to tell you is you got to call the ambulance. You're a giant clown and you're going to (laughs) die.
1: No, he is not.
0: <laughs> I, that's what that dream spoke to me about. I don't know what to tell you. But hey, I mean, at least when I dream about our family dying, I cry about it, you know? I didn't wake up happy.
1: That's uh something. Uh, I guess. <laughs> hey, you can't judge me. You also I'm had not, a dream dad died. I'm not judging.
0: Sounds like you're judging, but okay. <laughs>
1: It's okay for me to do it. It's not
0: okay for <laughs> <you>. <laughs> I'm allowed to judge you, but you can't judge me. How dare you? That's exactly right. Ooh. So around this new place, there's a, a restaurant called Jim Boy's Tacos. And I was thinking about this today, not to change the subject so dramatically, but they have a cheeseburger taco. And, a uh,
1: cheeseburger taco. Yeah, so it's a taco okay. shell
0: with a cheese, a hamburger patty, uh, like diced tomatoes and pickles it's the best thing really yeah like you like the pickles in it yeah it's actually not bad at all oh I I didn't think I would be a fan at first but it's delicious this was also in the dream about mom and dad dying but I had it when I was dreaming about it I dreamed that I got the call from you while I was at Jim Boy's Tacos eating that taco and talking about I'm how like, good well, it. Oh my god, I was
1: wondering where the connection <laughs> was. I'm like, I feel like this is going like, to connect. Right. <laughs>
0: this is the best day. Like these tacos are amazing and then all of a sudden I was in tears. I don't know what happened.
1: <laughs> that's That's kind of funny in a really sad way. I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. Tell yeah. me something happy. Um my crafting
0: closet's almost completely set up. That's happy. <laughs> I'm really excited about it. I, uh, It's just, it's so much space. Like, I'll post a picture later. I literally have, like, a small desk that's big enough to have my cutting mat, a set of shelves, and a sewing table in there. And it fits perfectly, and I have mo- room to move around and everything. Oh, you have a sewing table inside the closet? Yeah, so it's a it's it's about as big as my desk, but it's got like a little nook cut out for my sewing machine to go in. Okay. Um, so I can sit down and sew. In there, I've got my Cricut up on the shelf, and I've got like a little cutting station so I could sew. And I finally got all of my um, cross stitch floss wrapped onto those little plastic things and labeled. <laughs> That was one of
1: my favorite gifts that you ever did for me growing up, by the way. It took me so long. (laughs) And? And it cost a lot of money.
0: It (laughs) It was like a $200 gift. And we were only supposed to have a limit of $50. So I was like, yeah, I didn't spend more than that. But then each (laughs) little thing of thread was like a dollar. Yeah,
1: it gets gets expensive.
0: (laughs) And there was like hundreds of them. And I'm really glad I did that for you because this time I knew what I was getting into and I still couldn't stand it like I was like this is taking too long it took me like I'd say a solid 24 hours to just wrap the like 100 things I had to do this cross stitch the Pokemon one yeah and I was like I just I know why I need to do this but Mm -hmm. I also really don't want to (laughs)
1: <laughs> you're gonna be like my own personal etsy well i mean i could be your
0: personal etsy as long as you pay me for shipping and uh other stuff
1: uh you make me whatever i want and i'll pay you back i actually recently decided i was gonna make scrunchies scrunchies <laughs> oh are you gonna like crochet them or what are you gonna do no um just it's, i'm i'm pretty sure you just sew them onto like hair ties like with fabric all right hair ties like you make a fabric tube, okay. you put the tube around the hair tie, and then you connect it, and it's a scrunchie. I could be completely wrong. It sounds like but you're completely I'm wrong, I do.
0: but <laughs> I want to see you do it, and I need you to film it, and I need you to send it to me, because that sounds hilarious. All right, I I'm d- going to send you one. <laughs> All right, I'll, I'll make you stuff with the cricket, You make me scrunchies, and, and we'll just trade. So, I understand that you have a murder to tell me about.
1: Uh, actually, no. I decided this week I wasn't gonna do that on the podcast. So I was gonna do something else.
0: Oh, okay. Uh, is it funny? At least the thing you're gonna do. No, I'm actually gonna tell you a murder. Oh, wait. <laughs> okay. All I, right. Is it a fun something? murder?
1: <laughs> there are no fun murders. There is you. Sad. Okay. Actually, okay. Have you watched Unsolved on Netflix yet? Yes. Okay. Like I love it. Unsolved. Unsolved Mysteries.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I have. I like it a lot.
1: I love it. And it's I've not a competition. Articles. I've been reading news articles <laughs> that say <laughs> that they've gotten like 1,600 tips so far. And it's oh. been what, a couple of weeks that it's been out. Oh, wow. That's yeah. amazing. And I just want to say, That you know the episode where the son's name is Pistol, Mm -hmm. and there's the stepdad, the stepdad whose wife went missing. You know,
0: I don't remember that one because it's been a while. But
1: watch it. Okay, he did it. (laughs) He straight up murdered his wife, and he's on this like show trying to like act like he's innocent. And I'm not going to give too much of it away, but. The day she went missing, he changed all the locks on his house where his stepson was still living with him. So Mm -hmm. his stepson couldn't enter the house that same day. Oh, no. So the stepson's at school, finds out his mother is missing. They haven't even found her body yet. And he goes home and the locks are changed. (laughs) Oh, no. Yeah. a Poor kid. How old was he? Yeah. He was in... Uh, I want to say high school. He was in school. Still, I want to say like high school. High so school, maybe f- middle school.
0: That's like what, fourteen to eighteen? Yes. Oh, that's hard. And I thinking. think he
1: was on the low side of high school. Like, oh, no. maybe fourteen? Yeah. No, no. Oh. And the okay. dad, the the guy was just like, I just didn't like it.
0: <laughs> Jesus Christ.
1: Yeah. And I'm like, why? he's a you teenager
0: you're
1: not supposed you're... to like him okay i'm sorry i'm sorry he's on a tv show he's like talking to the entire nation about it and i'm like <laughs> i just didn't but... let the stepson
0: fuck that kid i wanted him <laughs> like, out of
1: there that's exactly like basically what he says and we're like the kid was like oh, dude. That. oh
0: no like oh that's so
1: sad yes my heart is broken yep and uh More sad news is this murder I'm going to tell you about. So you might actually be a little familiar with this one, but I'm not going to tell you why until the end, just in case you're not. Okay, I'm ready. I'm settling in. Tell me a story. Just let me know if you start to recognize it. Okay. Because I want to see. All right. This is the story of the murder of Cherry Joe Bates. Cherry Joe Bates. Mm hmm.
0: And real quick, just so I have the spelling right
1: <laughs> C H E R I J O, two words Bates, B A T E S. I think it's Sherry, isn't it? Or is it Cherry? It might be Sherry. I, think I don't it's know. Sherry. There's so many spellings like S <laughs> E R R Y,
0: Cherry. All right, I'm just typing it out, so when I go don't a, search it, I'm not searching it, just so that way when I go to post or have Sammy post it on social media, I know what we're doing.
1: Mm-hmm. I you can't. spelled homicides <laughs> wrong. Oh my gosh! Okay, it's funny. I'm gonna pretend like it's a typo. <laughs> All right. Okay. And anyway. Done. Okay. In October 1966, I'm going back a little ways for this one, too. Okay. She was an 18-year-old freshman in college. She actually attended RCC, standing for the Riverside Community College. Um, And she was living in Riverside with her family. She was actually born in Omaha, Nebraska, in 1948. Mm-hmm. So she was 18 years old. Wow. And... Her family moved to California in
0: 1957.
1: The worst idea. Uh, she went to Ramona High School. She was a varsity cheerleader, active in the student government. She was an honor student. Um, everybody just had good things to say about her. Like, nobody's going to say anything bad about somebody who was murdered, but everybody has only good things to say about her. So. She actually, she wanted to be a flight attendant.
0: Okay. So she she was a good, sorry, she was a good student. Everybody liked her, all that kind of stuff.
1: She was a good egg. A good egg? Aw. Yes. And then when she graduated high school, she enrolled, she started going to the Riverside City College, not Community College. I was wrong. Riverside City College. Gotcha. And was working at a bank in town. On the morning of October 30th, her and her father went to church, and then they went to breakfast together. They went to brunch. I'd call it brunch, because it was in the early afternoon. Brunch. The best meal. The best meal of the day. (laughs) Um... And then she was a college student, so she goes to the college library to study and to work on assignments that were due. So at about three, and uh, let me backtrack a little bit. I'm trying not to say so as much. (laughs) It's all right. No one judges you. I promise. (laughs) So she's at the college library, and she calls a friend of hers named Stephanie twice. Once at 3, and once at 3.45 in the afternoon, she's trying to get her to go to the college library with her. Um, But her friend ends up telling her no, that she doesn't want to go. So Sherry goes to the college library, ends up being there between 4.30 and 5 p.m. Her father comes back in the evening, and he finds a note on the fridge saying that she's at the library. So he doesn't really worry. Mm-hmm. Right before she leaves the house, she calls a co-worker at the bank trying to find a research paper. Part of the paper she had been working on at the library that day. But the coworker said no. So she was really sad as she would have to restart, which kind of extended oh, her day at the library. That's the worst. Right. So she's there until 9 p.m at the library. Uh, Witnesses in the area said a young guy, about 19 to 20 years old, almost six feet-ish in height, was standing in the shadows across from Sherry's vehicle and was looking at her car at around the closing time of the library. She didn't know who the person was, but she passed him. And they said hello on the street. Wow. Okay. All right. Hello. Sherry's father waits the entire night for her to come back home. But when she doesn't come back home, at 5.43 a.m., he files a missing persons report. So he knows something's wrong immediately. I am very happy about how quick he...
0: Acted. you know there's some because she's an adult so there's some people that are like well I waited a couple days I waited a while but this dad was like no it's five in the morning and she's not home yet something's wrong red flag red flag bet, red flag
1: I bet he was up that whole night probably I mean it sounds like if we at were 5 43 he's filing a missing persons report that means he was up he was dressed and he drove to the police department I mean if we were living at home and uh we told
0: dad that we were going to be out a while and we didn't come home. I think mom and dad would have filed a missing persons report that early too. Oh, definitely. Like yep. I I think that's a really good sign when parents know their children well enough to know that hey, she wouldn't just be out this long.
1: Right? Earlier that morning, he called her father, Sherry's father, called that same friend that Sherry had called asking to go to the library. He called her To find out that Sherry wasn't at her house. So he called around first and then he went and filed the missing persons report.
0: I think the lesson here is kids. You may be a fresh brand new adult, but still make sure somebody knows where you are.
1: Yeah. I would just... I don't like going anywhere by myself anyway. Just because I'm introverted and I don't like... I have a little bit of social anxiety. <laughs> I get you. I get you. But I like grocery shopping. I'm not by going myself. anywhere without telling somebody. That's true. Like I always because you bet I'd badger Josh like ten times asking him if he wants to go with me before I'm please, like, fine, please just, just go leave. with me. I
0: don't want to go. There's scary people. Strangers you try to be- talk to me.
1: You should see me trying to get him to go with me to Michael's. Absolutely
0: not. And And then he's like, please, I would rather put a fork through my eyeball. Exactly.
1: Yeah, that's how it ends up turning out. See, Ryan always five minutes in and out. And he's like, no.
0: Because he knows this is a trap. He's like, I've done this before. I've done this once before. Five minutes (laughs) equals two hours. I'm not about it.
1: It's five minutes in Michael's time. Yeah, well just two hours. It's fine.
0: <laughs> See, Ryan tries to say that he doesn't like going into this these type of stores, but every time we go there, he looks at more shit than I do. And I'm like, Mhm. Right, you don't like this store. Okay, I get you. Don't worry. They just
1: don't want to admit it. They yeah. don't like admitting when they're wrong. <laughs> I guess I guess
0: if you admit you like something like that, you get points deducted from your man card, which is really dumb.
1: If Everyone should know how to make stuff. <laughs> i'm just I keep saying gosh you should do cross stitching with me i'm like more guys are getting into it yeah we could do a cross stitch of like uh like uh
0: call the duty guns yeah perfect it's a man cross stitch i guess i'm
1: not doing that
0: don't don't do he that that's do a that. that's a bad idea uh, i keep
1: telling him <laughs> to work on my pokemon one while i'm doing the other one all i'm saying is I'm when like, the apocalypse like happens it. my shirts are still
0: gonna be cute as fuck okay
1: that's right.
0: You'll have the gross, stained, dirty shirt because you don't know how to use iron ons. Okay, I'm done. I'm sorry.
1: <laughs> or wash the shirts. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> what? I don't
0: know. Let's, uh, let's just
1: continue. This is a mess. Okay. And we'll have scrunchies.
0: Yeah. Fuck you. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay. I really don't want to say this right now, but the next part of my notes is at 628 AM on the morning of October 31st, a groundspeeper named oh. Cleophis Martin discovered Sherry's body oh, at no. RCC. Well, I hope everybody enjoyed
0: laughing. Now I hope you feel horrible for laughing <laughs> right I before. Feel Me too. Uh Uh-oh. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay.
1: I'm done now, I promise. Okay. I was waiting to see if it was out of your system, but she was found face down on a gravel path between two houses on, you're not going to know the place, it's called Terracina Drive in case anybody is living in that area, but basically it was really close to the library where she had her car parked. She was still dressed in the same clothes she was wearing. Um, she still had her purse, her bag with her. It had some change in it and her ID in it. Um, so she was literally
0: just at the library. She was doing exactly what she should have been doing as a college student. And right. someone just decided, nah, it's murder time. Like...
1: Yeah, she uh, was repeatedly stabbed in the chest, in her shoulder, oh, no. and had a and wounds to her face and neck, basically also stab wounds, but they don't like saying stab wounds to the face.
0: That's the worst. Like, how mad do you have to be to stab someone in the face? Right. Like, that can even be easy to stab someone. Like, you have to be, like, passionate to stab someone in the face.
1: Yep. Ugh. Um, Around the body. Investigators found a Timex watch. um, A shoe footprint. That they actually kind of looked at. They found it was produced by Leavenworth prisoners. And it sold in military outlets. Shoe size was between 8 and 10 inches. And. They said that there was she she put up a fight mm-hmm. she uh, didn't go down easy and they found a bunch of evidence in the area to corroborate that and mm-hmm. i just want to say if you're getting murdered obviously you're gonna fight but fight dirty i guess is what i'm trying to say you want the skin cells under your fingernails. You want blood in your teeth. Anything you can do. Get yeah, I, their DNA all over that scene. Like,
0: I mean, if you are getting stabbed, there's your flight or flight's kicking in, so at some point you've got to be like, well, if I'm going down, this person's going down with me.
1: Right. Just something to think about. They think in the struggle she tore off his watch and that's why it was found by her body um she appeared to have scratched his arms heavily that's why you know there was dna under her fingernails and they also found that the ignition wiring of her car was pulled loose
0: so her books she had were, sorry so she had to have known like who her attacker was, for them to know which car was hers so they can go and do all this stuff, right?
1: That's an interesting comment. An interesting observation. (laughs) All right. No, it's good. It's good. Yeah, so her car was only 75 yards away from where her body was. So I guess that's most of the length of a football field, though. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. That's the only thing I think of when I think of yards. I don't know how it works. Almost a football field. There were library books in the front seat of the car. Palm prints, fingerprints were inside the vehicle and outside the vehicle. That did not belong to her or any of her friends or relatives. And they're pretty sure it actually belonged to her murder. So we already talked about her stab wounds. But she was also, the autopsy determined that she had been kicked in the head. Um, a couple of I'm times. Sor- I'm sorry, what? Not yeah, only was she stabbed stab in the face, but they kicked her in the head? It's definitely overkill. And I think they say with, more often than not, with overkill cases, it's personal. I mean, yeah. Like, this person had a, a bone to pick with her, basically. There was a reason why they hated her or they wanted her dead or something.
0: Yeah, I, I mean to kick someone in the head repeatedly and then stab them in the face i'd say that yeah that's a little it's a little personal they knew her on a personal level and were pissed off about something
1: um she was not raped and they didn't take anything off of her body
0: So they literally just wanted to commit a murder. They they just wanted to kill her. They don't care about anything else.
1: Right. Hmm. Yeah, it's really sad. Um, so let's talk about the investigation a little bit. We already talked about the footprints having been sold in military outlets. Um, within 24 hours of the murder... Police investigated something like 75 individuals, RCC students, and military personnel stationed at March Air Force Base, which is kind of close to the RCC campus. hmm But because they had supposedly the killer's DNA and fingerprints, pretty much everybody was... Eliminated that they talked and interviewed. Yeah, that's sad. What they think happened, obviously, this is all theory since it hasn't um, been solved. They think it was the guy standing on the street across from the library in the dark mm-hmm. that that woman saw, that that witness saw. They think that while she was inside, he walked up to her vehicle. Obviously, this guy knew who she was beforehand because of the level of violence, and he recognized her vehicle, so Mm -hmm. he knew who it was, and waited for her to return to her car after studying. They think that after she tried to turn her car on a couple of times, he walked up and offered assistance as kind of... um, A way to get her away from the vehicle and attacked her when they were away from the car.
0: Oh my goodness.
1: That's just heartbreaking. Actually, investigators did a reenactment. I don't know if you've heard of people or police doing this before. Um, It was nine days after her funeral. And they got a lot of people who were present in the area at the time of her murder to actually go back and stand or park their cars exactly where they were on the night of her murder and basically say, if this looks familiar to you, if you saw anything on this night, please, please, please come forward and say anything. Say anything that looks off from what it actually was. Tell us. Mm Mm-hmm. It uh, brought in a, a few eyewitnesses, not a lot. No more fruitful leads were gained. But several people said they saw a tan gray studbaker vehicle in close vicinity of the RCC campus that night. But the investigators were never able to find that car or the person who owned it. wow and that is basically all we know about the investigation i guess once all those leads all the interviews were done all the leads were followed there wasn't much more they could do (laughs) one month after the murder two typewritten letters arrived at riverside police headquarters and the editorial offices of the press enterprise Inside the letters, they wrote a likely scenario as to how Sherry had been lured from her vehicle and murdered. Wow. The author described in detail how he had first disabled Bates' car before watching her try to turn on the car until the battery was completely drained. He then offered her assistance, saying his own vehicle was further down the street to get her away from her car. Oh After gosh. the shoot walked a short distance away, he said, It's about time. Bates replied, About time for what? To which he replied, About time for you to die. He
0: oh my then gosh.
1: Put a hand over her mouth. And a knife to her throat and forcing her to walk to a dimly lit alley where he then murdered her. Kicked her in the head and stabbed her in the face. Yes. The author also claims to have known the victim and said only one thing was on my mind, making her pay for the brush offs that she had given me during the years prior. Due to the fact the letter included details of the murder which had not been released to the press, including the fact that the ignition coil had been disabled, investigators initially believed that the author of the letter may have been the actual murderer. But later, the DNA replication technology was advanced. They were able to retrieve DNA from the inside of the letter Mm -hmm. And it did not match the DNA that was underneath Sherry's fingernails.
0: So it wasn't the same person.
1: Or he got somebody else to look the envelopes. Uh, Which would be the smart thing to do. (laughs) Or it wasn't the same person. True. So there's really no... (sighs) There's no way to know. A year after her murder, there was an update. The newspaper basically did the... It's been six months, uh, update. And then they got a handwritten letter. The police and Sherry's father got a handwritten letter from an unknown individual who said, Bates had to die. There will be more on a single sheet of paper. The police considered it to be a distasteful hoax, but at the bottom of each letter, was an indecipherable number or letter which was either a 2 or a z. Mhm. Mhm. 2 or z.
0: Okay. Are you thinking about it? Yes, I'm thinking about it. It's in my head. And
1: and it's a z. Okay. It's in California. So is it the Zodiac? these, <laughs> A lot of people think that she was the first victim of the Zodiac Killer.
0: Huh. I mean... That... I, I, I don't know, because this seems to be like a crime of passion. Where... Weren't the other Zodiac victims shot?
1: Uh, uh, I think a lot of them had to do with guns. I think most of them were shot, yes. But... I mean... They think this was the first one. And it and would I make think-
0: sense that it's like a catalyst where... He murders someone he knows is angry at women for some reason or another. Takes out Mm -hmm. the rage and then realizes, "Oh, I like this." Which, if you like killing people, get help. Maybe call the police. Better
1: myself. Maybe
0: call the police. You know, uh, turn yourself in early. Go to therapy. I don't know. It's
1: not healthy for anybody. It's not
0: healthy. You shouldn't be feeling that way.
1: a great way to live no i don't think so either you can't feel good about yourself
0: right well you'd think but if you like committing murders i'm not gonna sit here and tell
1: you how you how you feel about yourself i'm gonna tell you how you should feel about yourself (laughs) which is bad you should feel bad get some help (laughs) all right i already said that They think that some people think she was the first, perhaps the first victim. I'm going to say first just because of how passionate this crime was, but it's not confirmed. And the Riverside Police Department are absolutely adamant that it has nothing to do with the Zodiac Killer. Okay. But... Other clues supporting the Zodiac theory is there was a poem found scratched into a desk at the RCC, the college Sherry was going to, Mm -hmm. um, discovered by a custodian six months after Sherry's murder. It contains graphic references to repeated assaults on young women with a bladed weapon. Under it was lowercase initials R and H. Mm -hmm. The desk was in the college storage area when it was discovered, but the custodian told the police the desk had been on the library floor at the time of Sherry's murder. Interesting. Very interesting. Also is the fact that the guy... Allegedly, the guy, the murderer, sent the letters to the police and the press, which is also something that the Zodiac Killer is known to do. True. Very known to do. He was, I don't want to say, probably one of the serial killers that wrote to the press the most. I think a lot of serial killers write to the press because they think it's like a cat and mouse game as oh, I'm so much better than the police you know well that
0: that is a sign uh not to accuse anybody or just throw this term around but that is a sign of being either a sociopath or a psychopath is when you believe that you are smarter than everybody else and everybody else doesn't understand you and that you can get away with it and not get caught because you don't understand that other people have the same capacity and reasoning that you do that's why it is a mental disorder because you can't understand that other people have feelings have the same thought process that you processes that you do it's It's a lack of empathy hmm I think that's correct, and if I'm wrong, please let me know because I don't want to uh to throw those terms around without knowing what they mean,
1: but it sounds right, but of so course I know the only thing I did in psychology was pass a clep for it like three years ago so <laughs> definitely not an expert but from what I've read it sounds about right I don't know
0: side note just from my English class surprisingly enough we found that um, lack of free play as a child and lack of being able to explore and really develop your um, story centers of the brain growing up you're more likely to lack empathy and lack things and Um, there's been a case of several like mass shooters that did not get to participate in free play and things like that that have had these mental breakdowns something interesting I'm sorry please continue
1: no it is interesting I think it's so interesting to me because and I don't know if it's because I don't my brain just doesn't want to like there is a wall block there but I just can't imagine being in that mindset or wanting to do these things so Writing letters to the press is something uh, the Zodiac Killer, the official one, right, TM, (laughs) Zodiac Killer. Zodiac Killer
0: TM. Jesus Christ. Okay.
1: (laughs) The Riverside Police also said that there were similarities between her slaying, her murder, and the uh, way the young couple were killed at Lake Berryessa. Which is basically confirmed to have been the serial killer. Mm -hmm. The Zodiac killer. I said the serial killer.
0: (laughs) There's only one of those. Everybody knows that all the serial killers are just the same guy.
1: In different different ways. That's apparently
0: immortal and survives across, you know, generations. But it's fine.
1: In San Francisco, where the Zodiac killer was mostly active... There's a journalist who is following the series of murders committed by the Zodiac killer. His name is Paul Avery, and he was trying to figure out the date of the first definitive murders. So in 1970, this is four years after Sherry's death, he gets a letter from an anonymous source telling him about all the similarities between the murders committed by the Zodiac killer and the murder of sherry bates and he was urged to investigate it in more detail but riverside police was still unconvinced Uh-oh. so if you actually just google sherry joe bates or murder of sherry joe bates all the articles that you see is zodiac 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 i think the vast majority of people think that she was the first murderer of his. But
0: I mean if it's right around that time, they say that most serial killers like the Golden State Killer or Ted Bundy or um maybe even this, most serial killers have practiced before they become well-known serial killers. Mhm.
1: I would agree you don't. You don't start murdering and be good at it like i don't know what i'm trying to say (laughs) you can't serial killers like the zodiac killer that get away with murders for so long get away with it because they're unfortunately good at what they do but you don't start out that way so maybe the first one or the first two is just pure dumb luck that you don't get caught but after that You know what the police are looking for. Like the Golden State Killer. He was actually a police officer. And he was a police officer at the time that he was killing. And the big reason why he probably got away with the robberies that he started committing first. And then the murders after. Was because he knew what the police would be looking for. And how they would look for him after the murders. Or if he were to get caught. Which is how he was able to remain. so inconspicuous. All right. I'm going to say one last thing about this, because I've taken a lot of time that I think this case actually really deserves because, well, I guess all cases deserve a lot of time. But mm-hmm. former Los Angeles police investigator Steve Hodell, you might have heard of him. Uh, he wrote a book called Most Evil. Isn't that
0: Steve? Hodel? That's a guy who thinks his father's the, the Zodiac, right?
1: has claimed that his father, George Hodel, was responsible for the murder of Sherry Bates. This claim has been viewed with little credibility. Wait, no, he thought his dad was the killer of the Black Dahlia, right? Because he also claimed that his father was the Zodiac Killer, the lipstick killer, and the perpetrator of the 1947 murder of the Black Dahlia. (laughs) Jesus Christ. He did everything. See,
0: I told you, all serial killers of this one guy
1: george hodel
0: he finally figured it out someone tell the cops
1: i want a (laughs) medal
0: i'll mail you a a medal
1: with your cricket all right
0: all right deal it's gonna be made out of paper though is that okay
1: i guess (laughs) fine (laughs) and that is the story of the murder of sherry joe beat
0: that was a good story
1: it's really interesting
0: it was it was long but it was interesting. There's just so many aspects. Hi everyone, it's Izzy here. And if you didn't know, I'm the one of us that's responsible for editing and uploading our podcast. And I just wanted to let you know about Anchor. It's the easiest way to make a podcast and Just to clarify, it's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. I like to use it because for me, it just makes everything so simple and easy. And it is the best program that I have found to help upload and find sponsorships and it automatically distributes it for me. There's literally nothing that I have to do in order to get my podcast onto all of the listening sites. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. You can record it right from the app, right from your phone, anywhere. It's convenient, it's easy, and best of all, it's free. okay so are you ready to hear my story yes so this one there's not a whole lot of information on but since your section was like 50 minutes instead of the 30 it normally is I feel like that's okay
1: okay sorry
0: (laughs) no 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 it's perfect you picked the perfect week to have a long one Mm
1: -hmm. the perfect
0: (laughs) week I I wasn't going to do this one because of how little information there is but you know I feel like it's still important to talk about Especially because there are really no leads. Uh, So the story that I researched is the Chen family homicides. So Jin Feng Chen and his wife Hai Yi Li. I'm sorry if I'm butchering this. I'm trying my best. Um, They were natives of Hoyu Hoyu in the Fujian province on the southeastern shore of mainland China. Um, They came to the U.S. in the early 2000s, and they settled in the Albany, New York, suburb of Gunderland. Um, It was near a Chinese takeout restaurant owned by their relatives called King Wok. Jin started working there as they moved. I'm sorry. Jin took a job there when they moved to the area to work with his relatives. Um, I'm sure that they were partially owners because they were all family, things like that. So this one is kind of heavy because they had two sons, Anthony who was born in 2004 and Eddie who was born in 2007 and since the title is the Chen Family Homicides, I'm pretty sure we all know where this is going.
1: Mm, I don't like it.
0: So. I don't like it either. I would have concerns if you liked this, Jackie. I'm just throwing that out there. Around midday on October 8th, 2014, a co-worker of Jin's became very concerned when Jin did not show up for work because that was very unlike him. This co-worker went to the Chen's house and found their bodies, all four of them. Um, but because he was not very fluent in English, he went back to the restaurant and then asked a co-worker who happened to be one of the Chen's relatives, to call 911 for him. The Gunderland police responded and sealed off the crime scene. They were assisted by the New York State Police. The scene attracted a lot of media attention because it was the first quadruple homicide in the Capital District, which is what the metropolitan area around Albany, New York is called. Um, The police were very slow in releasing information like what happened, what the crime scene was like, things like that. But the Chen's relatives are willing to talk to the media about what had happened. Uh, So we do know a little bit about it. Again, this is in 2014, so this is only six years ago. Um, Jin's brother told reporters that his brother's body had been found on the first floor, while the other family members were found upstairs covered by a blanket. Now, just pause for a minute. How brutal does this have to be, that you had to murder... A family either hiding under a blanket already or you were so ashamed of what you did you had to cover them up with a blanket
1: yeah because I think th- that's normally done when people know the victim is they cover them up to try and hide what they've done
0: yeah I mean that makes sense but to me as the rest of the family have, was upstairs what my theory is is that they heard someone breaking into the house the kids ran into their parents' room. The mom put them in their bed, and the dad went downstairs to investigate. You know, is that making sense?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like, if your one parent would take the kids and try to protect them, while the other parent would go check it check it out. But we don't know. That's just my theory. Um, he denied an earlier report that the Chen family had been shot, and later details emerged that they had been. This is really bad. They had been beaten with a hammer, and even later reports said that they had also been stabbed. Oh, wow. They had to have known their murderer because it takes a lot of passion to, one, beat someone with a hammer, and two, then to go back and stab them just for good measure. Yeah. Especially because these kids were born in 2004 and 2007. So in 2014, one was 10 and one was 7 years old. These are babies. Poor babies. You have to be really angry about something in order to murder children with a hammer. Yeah. Which is just disgusting. These kids didn't do anything wrong. They were innocent. They're children. Yeah. Anyway. uh, The crime shocked Gunderland and memorials were put up at both the Chen's house and the children's elementary school just to hammer in how young these children were. They were in elementary school. It's just sickening.
1: That's
0: bad. Uh, The police stated that the investigation moved slowly at the start because of the language barrier and the general fear the immigrant community had to talk to the police. The family offered a $5,000 reward and the police promised that they would not initiate any actions that would result in deportation against anyone who had information to share. But that didn't really help get more people in to talk to the police. The autopsies of the Chen family put a time of death around 3.30 and 6.30 in the morning. The police were able to collect some DNA, but they have not found a match yet. The police also ran into an issue when Apple would not turn over the Chen family's iPhone records, but eventually Apple did comply and turn them over. I would just like to throw that out there. Apple, if you're listening, which you're, you're not, but if you are, if I die, I fully give you permission to give the police my iPhone records. Throwing that out there. There's nothing on there that is so embarrassing that I would not want my murder to be solved.
1: Well, they have um, privacy laws they have to follow. That's true, but I wonder
0: wonder if there's some way that... I mean, I, I understand that the people that you're talking to, it's also an invasion of their privacy. But I feel like if it's a murder... The police should be able to see that kind of stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, from the start of the case, there were allegations that are unfounded, well, as far as I could find, unfounded and unproven that the Chens had been involved in illegal business activities such as human trafficking, money laundering, or illegal gambling. Um, Jin's brother did deny this as a popular theory. I'm sorry, Jin's brother denied this, even though it's a popular theory among journalists. Um, that the family was murdered by someone who had returned after a late gambling party at the house to steal their considerable take from the event. So the just to break it down in better terms, journalists were theorizing that the Jens held an illegal gambling party at their house with really high stakes. The Chens had won, and then somebody was angry and broke back in and murdered everyone and then took their money.
1: Yeah, that seems... For somebody with two kids. That were in elementary
0: school and home at the time.
1: It can't happen, but. It
0: just seems unlikely. Right. To me, anyway. I'm not trained. I would like to put that disclaimer out there. (laughs) Um, Jin's brother did say, however, that he did host a low stake card games at his house for his friends sometimes, but I feel like that's pretty common. Yeah. Like the Annie's 50 cents, whatever.
1: We do that sometimes. I don't know if. We've done, like, 20 bucks every so often, but... Yeah,
0: but, I mean, that's just low stakes. It's friends getting together. Like, no one's going to lose their life savings at things like that. Nobody's going to lose enough money that they feel the need to come back and break in. Hopefully. If you break into my house over 20 bucks, listen, just tell me you're going to do that. I'll give it back. Anyway. Um... Some media outlets also theorize that the family knows more about what might have been the cause of the killings, but they weren't ready to admit it. So at this point, we know that there was a quadruple homicide. We know that they were beaten with a hammer and then stabbed. We don't know why. We don't know who did it. We don't know really any sort of motive or anything like that. There hasn't been any witnesses really that have come forward. So it's really... It's really sad because there's just not a lot of information. Mm-hmm. Um, five years later, pl- there's another article on uh, S- 6 News Albany that an, an, a New York State police spokesperson told CBS 6 that the investigation is still open but that there's no new information to share. Um, investigators are still searching for tips, and a local pastor says a $5,000 reward is still on the table. Uh, pastor Charlie Mueller stated as saying, or is quoted as saying, "When little kids are killed like that, you think of what kind of world we live in." I'm a little bit surprised there were no leads. He also went on to say, "If someone is convicted, we'll pay the money, so it's still sitting on our account. We want this to be solved. It's just, it's really heartbreaking." that six years later now there's no leads it's doubtful that it's ever going to get solved and one of the police spokespeople says that they aren't ruling out maybe it being organized crime things like that but there's really no information to oh there's really no there's really no evidence that backs that but there's no evidence that backs it wasn't that there's just There's just a lack of evidence, and they're unable to figure out who did it. But for four people to be killed, I feel like somebody has to know something. It's that classic case. There's got to be evidence out there somewhere. It's got to be – it's got to be – like, it couldn't have been quiet, you know? To beat someone with a hammer and then stab them, Mm -hmm. it had to have been pretty freaking loud. Yeah. So, that's really – This is why I didn't really want to do that story, but I feel like it's important to do because there are no leads, but there's just not a lot of information about this one. There's not a lot of evidence. They found DNA, but they haven't been able to match anything to anything, but you know, it could be like how they caught the Golden State Killer, who was convicted, by the way. We've been gone, but we'll talk about that in a second, so hopefully maybe they can do the same thing and try to find who who matches that DNA but that's the story of the Chen family homicides I really hope that somebody comes forward soon with information because this is just heartbreaking
1: yeah no it's really sad
0: We've only been recording about 12 minutes now, so that's as long as it took to tell my story. But I still feel like it's important to get this information out there, even if there's not a lot of it.
1: Well, and the hope is that the police are holding their cards close to their chest, at least in the United States at least. That's how a lot of police officers or investigators handle cases. That way they can tell... Who did it because they know information. From the people who, yes, actually committed the crime. I just,
0: it's just a lot. There's not a lot, but this murder is just so heavy. You know? Mm -hmm. But that's the story of the 10 family homicides. And not to gloss over that, but I would also really like to talk about how they just caught the Golden State Killer, now that I mentioned it that they, they've caught him for over a year he was arrested in 2018 but he pled guilty to all of the homicides that he was charged with and on top of that he i think pled guilty while well, he didn't plead because they couldn't charge him but he admitted to over 65 rapes yeah so those families finally have closure and i really hope that the Chen family is able to get closure as well in the same way murder has no uh statute of limitations, so I really hope that it stays open and the police keep working on it.
1: Yeah, that was actually a concern with the original Golden State Killer case. Mm -hmm. In California, there was a statute of limitations on rape. Which,
0: in my opinion, we should get
1: rid of. They did, eventually. (sighs) Thank God. But it wasn't like a grandfathered-in kind of thing. Yeah. But I mean, I think
0: if you're brutally raped... Yeah, you still get to survive, but think of all the trauma that goes along with it. Mm -hmm. Like, the vast majority of couples that got attacked, divorced afterwards. So not only are you mentally scarred, not only are you terrified for the rest of your life, especially if they don't catch the person that did it to you, so they're still out there. But Mm -hmm. the Golden State Killer would call his victim, sometimes years later, just to inflict terror. Yeah.
1: Your relationships
0: fall apart. Like, it's just horrifying.
1: And he'd call them two beforehand Mm sometimes. Yep. Terrifying.
0: What a piece of shit.
1: So happy he got caught.
0: So happy. But, I mean, that just goes to show that even cases that there are really no hope of solving, we're starting to get to the point with all this technology that we have a chance at solving them. Mm -hmm. And that's a wonderful, wonderful thing. In fact, I did an Ancestry Thing and somebody asked me, they're like, well aren't you concerned that, like, they'll use your DNA without permission?" I'm like, "If I have a family member that committed a murder, use my DNA. <laughs> I'm all right with that." So, if any family members out there committed a murder, watch your backs. That's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> well, I feel like these are two really good stories.
1: I like them a lot.
0: Well, like them in the sense that they are a mystery and hope. Yeah, even if it's too late and the murders have passed. If it's too late and we can't bring them in for justice, at least having the closure of knowing who is responsible right, would just be yep. wonderful. All right. Well, thank you for listening. If you have any stories you'd like us to cover, please go ahead and email us at ucsfpodcast@gmail.com. Uh, at gmail.com. Please follow us on our Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Podcast. And if you like what we're doing, you'd like to support us, we have a Patreon set up and you can also support us on Anchor. The links are in the description. And,
1: uh... Or if you support us, please, um, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, I don't think you can rate us on Spotify, but if you want to rate our podcast to uh, bring us more into the public eye, please do that. And uh, drop a little comment and let us know how we're doing.
0: And even if you don't like what we're doing, please send us an email tell us why because we can't improve unless we know what we're doing wrong. Right? I mean I'll probably cry about it but it'll be good for me. <laughs> it's happy tears. No, no, they're not. <laughs> if they're mean, I'll forward them to Jackie so we can both cry about them together. And uh, on Patreon, we are working on coming up with things that are just specifically for Patreon members whether it be things like merchandise, whether it be extra bonus stories, whether it be interesting facts or a place to chat. So if you want to su- support us and be a part of this community, go ahead and also email us. Tell us what you'd like to see. We are always open to suggestion. And now that I got that fancy new cricket maker, maybe I can make some stuff. <laughs> You're wild. I guess the takeaway from this episode is, uh, I guess, nothing because... These were just normal people going about their day. Yeah. Our takeaway from this episode is don't be a murderer. It's not very nice, people don't like it.